enjoy the help of God. You will enjoy the help of God in the name of Jesus. Now, we want to do a quick wrap-up of the teachings we've had in the month of February. Amen. And I would like you to celebrate the bishop with a good clap offering and the privilege to bring God's word to you. Hallelujah. Now, the month of February, we're looking at the power of prayer. The power of prayer. The power of prayer. And we did an introduction. We looked at what prayer is. The origin of prayer, which is the bishop that taught that. We looked a bit into why prayer. Even in the course of introduction. And we understood that the saints of old prayed. Amen. The likes of Abraham prayed. Moses prayed. And Jesus prayed. Hallelujah. Jesus prayed. He had a culture of prayer. And that is why in the book of uh, Luke chapter number 11, the disciples said, teach us to pray. Because they have been observing and realized that something that was very unique about Jesus was his prayer culture. And there are several scriptures that we mentioned that alluded to that culture or that fact. Sometimes after meetings, Jesus Christ will separate himself, isolate himself in prayer. Several scriptures, Matthew 4.23, Matthew 26.36, 39.42, Mark 1.35, Mark 6.46, Mark 14.35-39, Luke 3 verse 21, Luke 5.16, Luke 6.12, Luke 9.18. This is why recording is good. So you can listen to the message. Amen. Luke 11 verse 1, Luke 22, 4, John 8, 1. All the scriptures and several others shows the, the prayer culture of Jesus. And the disciples also follow the same. The apostles prayed. Look at Acts 6 verse 4. Say, for we will give ourselves unto prayer. Continuously unto prayer and to the ministry of the word. And all through church history, there are great fathers of the faith who also prayed. So you see that prayer is is part of the Christian culture. In fact, your Christian experience is limited, regulated by your prayer life. If your prayer life is limited, your Christian experience is limited. It's all about prayer. And that is why the saints of old will sing a song that, or they'll say that, that, that prayer is the key, is the master key. But actually, even your understanding of scriptures depends on your prayer life. Because your prayer life it what, is what quickens even your senses to appreciate what God is saying. When you are prayerless, when the word comes, you'll be informed, but you'll not be transformed. Inspiration is for those that are being cooked in the place of prayer. Inspiration. He said, I was in the spirit on the last day. One of the things that a Christian does that puts you in that right position, that position is being the spirit. Being the spirit to hear what God is saying is true prayer. When you are prayerless, you are always not rightly positioned, so you can't hear what God is saying. He said, my son, incline your ears to my saying. One way by which you incline your ears to the saints of God is prayer. When you are prayerless, you become deaf. You have, you have a, 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 what do you call it? You become deaf to the hearings of God. You are inactive. You become dull. So if you are dull in the things of the spirit because your prayer life is not correct, you're not having a good prayer life. That's the truth. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Jesus has been teaching them all this while. Check to the gospels. He's always teaching them. 
teaching them, teaching them. In fact, one time, Jesus Christ told them, be careful of the living of the Pharisees. They said, ah, it's because they don't bring bread. He said, ah, wait a minute. But I, didn't I, how many fish was available and loaf available when I fed 5,000? They mentioned. Didn't I feed 4,000? They mentioned. They said, ah, okay. He's talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees. They had been with him all this while. He has been teaching yet. He said, oh, you of little faith. Hallelujah to Jesus. They had witnessed Jesus Christ healed many with just the word. They had witnessed a centurion servant receive healing by the word of Jesus. They had seen so many things, but yet they were dull to the experiences with Christ. But when the Holy Ghost came, when they came born again, and the Holy Ghost came, began to pray, they now began to understand the things Christ was doing. So actually, there's so much in your head, but the pathway for there to be a transfer from your head to your heart is through prayer. Prayer is the bulldozer that clears the path for there to be a free transfer of goods from the head to the heart. When you are prayerless, you have so much in your head, so you are arrogant, but no impact, no effect. But when you are prayerful, the pathway, the, the conveyor belt from the head to the heart is very active. So things are more settled in the heart. And then, out of the abundance of the heart, you see actions. So your prayer life, the Christian, the Christian without a prayer life has a huge question mark on his Christianity. Because Christianity is not a religion. It's a life. It's a life. And the first time they called them Christian because they had been with Christ. They had been with Christ. And you cannot be a disciple of Christ and not learn of him prayer. Hallelujah. That's what they said. Teach us to pray as John the Baptist is teaching his disciples. Teach us to pray. If we are disciples, we must reflect everywhere we go to. When they, when they see how we pray, they should know we'll be with you. So you have to teach them. So prayer can be taught and prayer can be learned. When you are taught, you are conscious of the, of the availability of something called prayer and then how to go about it. And then you can ask God for the, the spirit of prayer. So it's good to teach it. Is it okay? Are you with me? Amen and amen. And there's a subject here we've not tackled, but I've just mentioned to you briefly. The necessity of prayer in the life of a saint. In fact, what I've said so far, answers that one. Are you seeing it? Then we talked about the essentials for effective prayer. Alright? Yeah, the things you need to make prayer work. We said the word. The Holy Spirit. An essential speaking in tongues. Desire. Desire. Meditation. Faith. Gratitude and worship. In fact, I've said several times that in fact the time we did this, this particular class that there is no prayerful person who is not worshipful. In fact, if you're a worship leader and you are prayerless, you are not leading worship. You are performing. I tell you. The effectiveness of your leading as a, as a worship leader is in your prayer. Because you can never pray without worship. And you cannot worship without prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. So everywhere there's prayer, there's worship. That's why worship is not singing. Anyone that prays knows how to worship. You see, the fathers, they don't have good voice. But when they lift up a tune to the Father, God knows their voice. Hallelujah. And God knows, God knows, ah, this is the voice I hear every morning. This is the incense that make me, makes me sneeze every day. 
God knows that voice. But when you are not prayerful, you are a performer. You don't even know the, the song list on the heart of God to live to him. But a prayerful person is a worshipful person. And when you are worshipful, it means that you always in the atmosphere of gratitude. And when you are of gratitude, you always access the answers. Remember that at the, at the uh, zenith of prayer is divine direction. God will always speak. And you need the atmosphere of gratitude, which also allows for joy to be expressed for you to hear God. Am I, am I teaching? And essential is fasting. Jesus said, this can't go at not except by prayer and fasting. Fasting, fasting. Fasting will heighten and, and fasting your spiritual uh, accuracy. Fasting will, 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 will make your flesh quiet. And then your spirit will be more uh, free to operate without distractions. We talked about consecration as well. Now, today, we are supposed to look at the types of prayer. Types of prayer. Types of prayer. Types of prayer. Now, we talk about types of prayer. We just want to draw your attention to the fact that when you read through the Bible, you'll be seeing some expressions of prayer. We'll just draw your attention to it so that you know about it and then you also know how to engage those, those uh, specializations. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're going, to, we're going to share briefly on the prayer of intercession, the prayer of supplication, the prayer of inquiry, and the prayer of warfare. Now I will just mention briefly on the prayer of inquiry and warfare, but we'll focus a little bit more on intercession and a little bit too on supplication. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, the, the prayer of, uh, of inquiry is a prayer that seeks to have access to information. So, 1 Samuel 23, verse 20, verse 23, 2. 1 Samuel 23, verse 2, sorry. 1 Samuel 23, verse 2 and verse 4. Let's have it there. Therefore David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, go, smite the Philistines and save Kilah. The next verse, verse 4. Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kailah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thy hand. One of the records of David was that David was a mighty man of valor. Every battle that David found himself, he won. And the secret to David's consistent victory was not necessarily because he was a skillful man. Actually, he was skillful. Yeah, he was skillful because if he wasn't, he won't tell you, sing the Lord a new song and play skillfully. The man was skillful on the harp and skillful with the sling, skillful with the sword. Because remember, time will permit us, but when those rejected people came to him, he trained them to become the mighty men of David. And some of them were so skilled with the sword, some were skilled with the sling, some were skilled with all kinds of instruments. And David trained them. So for him to for them to be skillful in those items, it means that their master knew how to use it. So David was skillful. So we are not saying that he was, he was ignorant. No. He, he, he knew how to use the equipment. He knew them. 
but his secret was not in the skillfulness with which he handled the equipments of warfare. No, but his secret was in his ability to always inquire from God. Lord, shall I go? Should I not go? Shall I stand? Shall I not stand? The prayer of inquiry was the secret of David's consistent success. Why is it so important? Because you know something? He is the alpha and the omega. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the details of the, of the, of the contents of people's heart. He knows everything. And it is wisdom therefore to ask the one who lives in the future that is his present. What can I do to attain this? So the prayer of inquiry is typically to ask God, shall I do this or not? It's so important. It's so important. In fact, this, this, this aspect of prayer is so crucial for all businessmen and women. So crucial. There are some deals that look very promising. But there are certain details you don't have. But in the place of prayer of inquiry, the Lord will tell you by word of knowledge. By word of knowledge. And there are several ways I'm sure in the course of the year we're going to learn how to hear God. And how God speaks to us. Because that is how he will speak to you. He will tell you. He will tell you. He will prompt you. Sometimes the Lord will intentionally let somebody ask you, ah, that deal they go for, I don't feel that guy. Like I feel something about this deal. God is trying to help you. Depending on your relationship with the Lord, the mercy of God is so amazing that God cannot look at you fail. So even when you are dull in hearing, you will find other ways of talking to you. That's how God's love is. God so loves us. He knows that if he comes audibly, this man will not hear. He knows that if, if he tells the pastor to preach on it, he will not hear. But there are some strange things that God can do. I heard someone who said he was about to do something. A madman came and said, why are you going to? Don't go there. Because that means your own case is serious. God talk, I can't hear. He brought madman. God bring madman. Hey, hey, why, why? Don't go here. If you go, I'll kill you. That was God helping you. Yeah. There are several times God has done things. You are about to board a car. And somebody just creates some fight. You were the second place to enter the bus. You found yourself at the back. After some hours, a car had an accident. That's how God was speaking to you. You're not hearing. Sometimes you're about to travel. And then, those of you that don't like to tell your pastors you are traveling, keep doing it. No, keep doing it. Keep doing it. There's a brother that shared a testimony with me today. He shared a testimony about some abuse that happened at his workplace. And he said, Pastor, I have a very funny testimony to tell you. He said, last year, I came to you and I told you that the house was, was, was the pastor would say it was well. Yes, there was money in the house. <laughs> and yet he said, I should be, I should be around for the retreat to go for, with the pastors, with bishop. Didn't pastor hear me that there's nothing in the house? I said, you must be at the retreat. So he said, okay, pastor dear, when you can't say, no, he will later do me show. So let me go and borrow money and then go for the retreat. And he went to borrow money and I didn't say anything. He waited, no show came. He said, pastor, I almost got offended. 
I said, no, 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 my pastor, this must be God or something. And strangely, every debt he had from the one he borrowed for the retreat and whatever day that has been cancelled, God has taken care of everything. And you see, sometimes what you understand is this. You see, you are working with a mortal man. Yes, indeed, it's a mortal man. But there's an office on that person's life. And God has anointed that person for your sake. There are things that your pastor will do. You think it's wicked. It's God helping you. Oh, every time you go to pastor, pastor, I need this. Pastor, hey, take it. I need it. The one the pastor says, pastor, he said, pastor, I need this. And he said, huh, what about that? Uh, why is that? He didn't come to church. Pastor, I'm not hearing him. He's avoiding me. God is orchestrating your help because he's becoming your God. And God can't take that. So God wants to help you. It's the way God speaks to us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Those days when I, my whole hope was in programs. And God was saying, shh, shh, don't do it. I said, I'm not here. So when we get gig, huh, okay. This one, they said, they'll give us 500 CDs. And they'll give us 300. So, honey, so we'll buy this and buy that. I said, mm-mm. Hi. So as you're ministering, you know that, oh, by God's grace, by the time you are done, we give you this. And then when you finish, man of God, oh, the way you are a blessing, your type has not been seen before in the whole of Ghana. The whole of the world, you are international speaker everywhere. Man of God will call you, hey! Then I will borrow from Momo to pay TNT and go. When I get home, my wife will see that, I may buy me, go straight to the room. Say, honey, how's the program? It was fine. Then one day my wife was like, honey, have you realized that anytime we plan with that thing, it feels, I say, yes, let's repent. It was started repenting. And during COVID, the repentance that took place now was firmed. Firmed properly. Properly firmed. <laughs> Don't depend on anybody. Our gaze is upon the Lord. And because of that, resources come from places we don't expect. Because he has taught us. Thank God we're not dull to his direction. Now our focus on him. Is on him. Is on him. Is on him. Is on him. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Is on him. Is on him. Is on him. Is on him. Are you with me? So sometimes God is speaking different ways, but you can't hear. So the prayer of inquiry is so, so important. You are a pastor. You are into ministry. You need to ask God. Yes, God has given you a vision. He said, oh, that go into the world. Bring out the souls. Ask him, Lord, where? Nineveh or Tashish? The Lord has called you, but he has not called you to everyone and everywhere. You must find out. Something I found out from the book um, of Jonah some years ago. I called the PAL principle. Purpose, assignment, location. To every purpose, assignment, there's a location. You are relevant in the location, not everywhere. Because that location is your allocation. So in everywhere. There are places you go to, they will reject your ministry. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are not called to everybody. Not everybody likes you. No, nobody likes you. Like a, a, a dear one gave me a testimony today. I had a program with him, you know, an online program. And he said, he said, a sister said, I have been here up as I said, but I really didn't. I didn't really flow with his ministry. Yeah, he said, I didn't flow with his ministry. Until I heard him talk. I said, ah. He said, then I went to locate all his ministrations. I slept listening to him. I loved the man. So that person could have told 10 people, we're going to invite this man. No, 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 I don't like his ministry. Do you understand? Uh -huh. 
I don't like his ministry. I don't like his ministry. No. You don't know how many people he has told. I don't, I don't understand. But one encounter in a place where perhaps not all were looking at is where the door opens. So you need to ask God where to go. Amen. So that's prayer of inquiry. Look at 30 verse 8. 30 verse 8. The same book, 30 verse 8. Quickly, 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 let's go. He said, then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, okay, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. You see, David, David never assumed. If God said go today, he won't say, it's the same God that said go yesterday. It's the same God today to say we shall go. Because today he might say, don't go. God is dynamic. You can't put God in your pocket. Today, God will tell you that use oil to anoint best to be healed. Tomorrow, he'll say, pour water. Then they say, tell him to go. His ways are dynamic. That's why as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Every child thinks that their father is Eden. Yeah. They don't care what they want. You have to provide it. So inquire. So pray for inquiry. So let's learn to do that. Is it about your career? Is it about the wife you want to marry? That woman you want to marry? No, but that, only God knows that woman. Yeah, you'll be looking at hips. Ask God, get father. You know the heart of men. Who is this one? Show me, show me, show me, show me. And God begin to show you, begin to show you, begin to show you. Amen. Now the prayer of warfare, James 4 verse 7. James 4 verse 7. I want to just drop something there and then quickly touch on the intercession and supplication. James 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Bishop made a comment to me. He said, when we talk about prayer of warfare, the emphasis should not be magnifying the devil. Now, the emphasis of the prayer of warfare is looking at your welfare and looking at how Christ has fed. Take it and contend with that faith. Okay? Is this sickness there? What did Christ do about it? He himself took my both my sicknesses. Ah! I take that word. In the name of Jesus, I enforce the victory I have in Christ before I was born now. Are you getting the whole idea? So the emphasis is not really much about the devil, magnifying the devil, but it's magnifying the work of Christ in your situation. That's the, that's the warfare prayer I'm talking about here. Hallelujah. You are seeing a trend in your family. What does God's word say about that? I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal prayer. I'm not part of this situation. I am under generational blessings that you stand in that word and you contend for who you are in Christ. You are showing receipt. That's warfare. Oh, you can tell, you can tell, you can tell the way this thing is going. That's not how it's meant to go. You look at your life, it's going up, down, up, down. What does the God's word say? What has Christ done? Christ went up that you and I will continue to go up. What is that downward? What is that valley thing happening there? You stand on what Christ has done. So, spiritual warfare is much about magnifying what Christ has done in the authority of what Christ has finished to ensure that your experience in the now agrees with what Christ has done. Now, let's go to intercession. The prayer of intercession. Now, I wrote some tunes here. I hope my, my grammar is correct. I'll be correcting while I'm reading. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you being blessed tonight? Now, intercession 
is discerning the ultimate purpose and desire of the father for a person, a people, or an event, or a situation, and investing prayer on behalf of the aforementioned. Alright? For the manifestation of that divine desire. So, for example, you look at like what we're doing today. Oh, we're praying today. We're praying for Israel God. We're saying, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for everyone here. May their heart be for them. We are standing in the gap. That's intercession. Intercession. We stand in the gap and we pray on behalf of people in situations. So we can intercede for nations. We can intercede for our families. We can intercede for sinners. We can intercede. Are you getting the whole idea? It involves willfully stepping in as an intermediate to plead the mercy of God in the face of justice. Oh, this person deserves to die. Now let's look at Genesis chapter number uh, number 19 verse 1 to 11 quickly. Thank you Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for your mercy. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lord said, no, 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 no. Give me 18 rather, sorry. Give me 18, I think I made an error with that one. Give me Genesis 18, let me check this quickly. Verse 16. Verse 16. Let's go to verse 16. We'll have to correct that later. Give me verse 16. Okay, go to verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham, Abraham that thing which I do? Let's go. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Yes, verse 19, sir. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. They shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. The Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Verse 20, sir. Let's go. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, uh -huh, I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry or the, the, the cry of it. So if God has received a report, God has come to survey to see, is it as I have heard? And I learned a lesson from here as a pastor. Somebody, a cry of somebody comes to you, then you act on the cry. God himself came down to come and check to be sure what he heard and what he's, what he's seen, what is he added the same. You heard of somebody's issue, you didn't even wait to verify. Hey, this is how he is. I heard he's like this. Even God came down to verify. That is the act of God's love and mercy. He sees all things, so I'm, he's sure that he's a bicep. No, let me still come and check. Let me just be sure. Let me give an opportunity. Give people opportunity. Oh. Well, just come unto me. And if not, I will know. Continue, sir. And the men turned their face from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Intercession is standing before the Lord. Intercession is standing before the Lord. What's going to happen there? Let's see that. And Abraham drew near and said, So intercession is drawing near to God. For a purpose. What's that purpose? Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Because it is not in your syllabus like that. That you destroy righteous and the wicked. So you see what Abraham did here? He took the character of God. The word of God. 
in the face of the challenge and say, Lord, this is what you are and this is what you do. But what you are about to do is contrary. So he's doing business with God and transacting and trying to see if he can secure the future of Sodom and Gomorrah if there are righteous people there. So intercession is discerning the will of God for a person, for a nation, for a people. They might not even know. And ensuring that the counsel of God prevails even when his justice is tearing them in the face. Continue, sir. Paraventure, there be 50 righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are there, therein? So he was not just praying for the salvation of 50 people, but for the land. That there should be the reason the land should be saved. Who are those in the land? The people there. So one element in intercession is love and compassion. When there's no love and compassion, you cannot be a good intercessor. It is that love and compassion that makes you passionate in prayer. Intercession. That's what to make you be shouting. You don't understand why you're shouting. You can feel what the people go through. If they are not saved, you can feel it. That is what stirs up that zeal. That's when I see somebody praying. He says he's having intercession time. And he's just. You have not entered the pain. You have not become like the person. The person does not know the opportunity he has before God. You know it. So you now stand in the stead of the person. To pray. Oh what a blessing. It involves standing in the gap. In prayer. Taking the position of, inter inter of, the, of the intercessee. I'm trying to use some words here. <laughs> so the intercessor is the one doing the prayer. The in, inter is the one they are praying for. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So stand in the shoes of that person, that people, that event in prayer to invoke the will of God. Right? Most times the prayer of intercession is made by the strong for the weak. You get it? Strong for the weak. So the weak hardly intercedes. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just a use of words. Most times the prayer of intercession is engaged by saints for sinners. Or who, those who do not know the opportunity they have. Or they don't have the opportunity to stand before God. But you can stand before God. That's, that's the priesthood office. That's the priesthood office. They can't go to the holies of holies. But you have been anointed by God as a king and priest unto your God. So you can stand before the mercy seat of God and plead a case for them. I know in the course of the year we'll come back to this subject again. And we'll pick different scenarios in the Bible of people that stood in the gap. I'm going to read something that when I was meditating I wrote down. It me crying and the thing pricked my heart. I said, Che, is this serious? Most times the prayer of intercession. Okay, so Abraham stood in, in, in the gap and made intercessions before God on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah that the justice of God will meet the mercy of God. Ezekiel 22, 30. Look at that popular scripture. Look at that popular scripture quickly. Look at that popular. Ezekiel 22, 30. And I sought for a man among them who should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. 
So it means that if God does not find intercessors, the land will suffer. Now, going back to the definition Papa gave us on the first day, when he said that is extending invitation to God to interfere in the affairs of men. That is, that is a typical definition of intercession. It means that God will never do anything amongst men without a man. There's always a man partnership with God for a God intervention. There's always somebody praying. God will always ensure every city, every community, every nation has one or two people that are like watchmen on the towers. Every nation has one. They are not on social media. They don't do social media prayer time. They are not know. They are hidden. But some, some have left their jobs. That's their work. No, there are some that God does. It's a bad day. They, they can't be in the office because as they are in the office, they start crying anyhow because there are things they see. They can't work for you. They will spoil your documents with tears. So the best thing for them is to stay away. So they are, some of them are somewhere. I know if a man like that, he will finish one fast. Next thing he's gone somewhere, he's fasting. Intercession. Intercession. When the spirit of intercession comes upon a man's life, you can't have a normal life anymore. Because you are now God's partner in effecting his counsel on earth. God has found a business partner. An intercessor is God's business partner. An, an intercessor is never ignorant about the heartbeat of God. That is why anyone God calls the prophetic naturally also receives the grace to intercede. So when a prophet is not an intercessor, he loses the oil for that office. Hallelujah. The intercessor sees the will of God, then enforces the will of God. The intercessor or the inter intercessors are investors of God. They are the reason they can't be harvest tomorrow. Did you hear that? If there are no intercessors today, there will not be harvest tomorrow. Intercessors are the seed sowers today that determine the harvest tomorrow. When there are no intercessors today, there is no harvest tomorrow. Intercessors agree with God and to the will of God in the now is manifested. God always seeks for a man. For in the midst of men, or for God to move in the midst of men, he always seeks for a man. So the thing is always God with a man or man with God to effect divine counsel on earth. Hear this. When intercessors cease in any generation, the next generation may lack divine visitation. Did you hear that? When intercessors cease in any generation, the next generation may lack divine visitation. Divine visitation is simply a product of intercession. I would me. That is why every young preacher should be careful the way they speak against the fathers. Yes, indeed. They may not speak the kind of your so-called deep rima you are speaking now. But it's their knees, their knees, their knees in prayer is the reason for your comfort today. They, they, you see, they sacrifice their comfort. 
intercessors sacrifice their comfort now for the comfort of the next generation. No generation can go beyond the intercessions of the previous generation. No generation. Necessity is placed upon me to intercede for my children. If I don't, they will have no business to transact in the future. It's not just finding good school for them. It's not about good school. Good school has its place. But the inheritance a father can leave for a child is investments of prayer. Investments of prayer. Hallelujah. There are some of us where we are, it's not because we are praying too much, it's not because too much fasting, no. Amen. Amen. Yeah. A lot of us who are pastors, sons in ministry, we are just eating of the labor of our fathers. Yeah. Yeah. The labor of our fathers. They have paid a price. We are enjoying the price. They have labored. We are enjoying the favor. So, their labor, which is our favor, we must convert it to labor for the favor of our generation to come. You get the whole idea? Where, where Abraham left off was the beginning of Isaac. Where Isaac left off was the beginning of Jacob. I get the whole idea. That's the place of intercession. Intercession. As some of us here, do our mothers prayed? And they are still praying? That's why you see when you go, you come back. You go, you come back. You go, you come back. You don't understand. Prayers have become like in ten time. A soul webs, they bring you back, they pull you back. It's like you are going now. They, somebody say, I, I mean, now I tell myself, I won't smoke again. Oh boy, prayer has gone on in the past. Your mother took your name, buried somewhere, said, Father, this boy cannot escape the anointing. The prayer went on. The prayer went on. All these prayers we are praying, them people of God, this church will increase. But you know something? The greatest multiplication of this church is in this prayer we are praying now. Our children will come. And they will see, ah, the William Chapel has become like Catholic Church. So how did they get there? They don't understand. Pastor will give us some fasting B. You say, we are not breaking now. You come back and say, well, let's break early. We are confused. You don't know what is happening. Then we are praying. Sometimes you are praying. You can't even pray. You are tired. You are this. You are that. We are making investment for our children. Our children. I will, we are making what investment for what? Our children. We cannot afford to be a church that does not, does not pray. It's our prayer that our next generation needs. Tomorrow needs prayer from today. Tomorrow needs prayer from today. Intercession is praying tomorrow today. It's asking God, Lord, what are you about to do tomorrow? Let it happen, oh God. I come against every orchestration of the enemy against tomorrow's happenings. I stand against it now. Ah, you are perceived God is not here, but you are still praying. Intercessors they become laughing stocks in the time when they are praying. Ah, no, imagine that brother Noah. Bible says he prayed for how many years? Thousand, uh, hundred years. Hundred. Noah, chief evangelist. Noah preached hundred years. Hundred years. The only source he had is his wife, his three sons, and their wives. Successful evangelist. He built a big auditorium. Ark. 
He said, brethren, rain is coming up. Rain is coming up. Let's see this guy. There's a form of prayer that is evangelistic in nature, but it's unseen. It's intercession. The souls you have not birthed in the spirit, you cannot birth by the word. That is why there's no great evangelism in a prayerful person. In fact, it is worthwhile to spend three days in fasting and prayer just to win one soul. That kind of soul, they become, they become a tree. Bet the person. Bet the person. Bet the person. Are you with me at all? If prayer was not necessary for, for winning souls, Christ would say, Tari, Tari, because not your mouth. You know, the Bible, I was telling Stanley recently, the, the Bible expression that says that when, when, when Peter spoke, said that the word break them. In fact, the, the Greek word for that statement is like, you see, um, feathers. You see, uh, you, when you pick a cocoa in, and you do like this. Does it have any effect? It tickles you. So how could they now cry for repentance? It shows that the best, the most eloquent preacher at best, the impact is like a feather touching the skin. Do you understand? Like what one marima. I tell you, if you don't have Jesus, you have no life. According to Hebrew and Greek, mm, at best, why hit your oh <laughs> that's what you do. So it means that the whole work is the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that takes in Takra and touches Mountain Everest and it runs away in Takra. How can in Takra move a mountain? It's the Holy Ghost. All he's saying is that it's not your work, it's his work. Not your work. So what will make us great soul winners is intercession. That's what we are doing. Let's make investments for tomorrow. Are you with me? I don't know about you, but I want to ask God, please. Let there be the point of the spirit of intercession upon me. Woo! I need it, oh God. When that spirit comes up, it says, oh God, you can be on one prayer topic for three months, you can't stop. Until you sense a betting in your spirit, you don't stop. That is what John Knox said. They said, God, they said he went under a truck. Say, give me Scotland or I die here. I die here. <laughs> so the queen of Scotland said, I fear no man except that man's prayer, John Knox. Wicked queen said that man's prayer. It was said about John Knox. The man can pray and pray. By the time he comes, the plastics on his wall have fallen off. It was said concerning, I think, I think it was John Wesley. You know, that some young people were taken on excursion to his house where he stayed. And they got to a place, oh, they said, this is his bed. This way. Then they saw these two holes there. So what is this? Say, that's where he stood to pray. That's where he knelt to pray. That's where he knelt. So a man, do you know what it means for your knees to create hole? It's not one hour prayer. It's not two hours. It's not three hours. It's duration in time and days. And consistency. They said about, uh, about Apostle James that when he was dying, his knees were like the camel's knee. They were flat. They were flat. Knee. Flat. Knee. Flat. He prayed. I was telling you about all these great men that wrote their books. E.M. Bounce. Uh, 
AWK or Doza uh, 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 and all those men. Watch my knee. Recently, I got to say, Watch my knee wrote his book, The Spiritual Man at the Age of 16. That book, when you pick, you can't understand it at a go. He wrote when he was 16. 16, 16, 16, 16. He wrote a three volume book on the tripartite nature of man. And this book he wrote way back as of now to read Granny Dictionary at 16. What to make a man do that? It's prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer. People of God, everything rises and falls on prayer. This zeal you don't have for things of God is because you don't pray. If you pray, if you are intercessor, if you are praying for this church, where you pray for this church, you can't, you can't afford not to be in service. I tell you. I tell you. No, I tell you. I tell you. Something will be worrying you. When things are not going well, you won't be happy. Because your, your, your prayer won't allow you to accept anything. He wrote these books way back. And yet, pick E.M. Bounce book. I pick a book by E.M. Bounds. I read just one paragraph. My mouth is going Book, oh, book, book, book. You must have 144 books as of now. What kind of crown TV? Because the book was written out of love for money. These men wrote books in their days, their books were not bestsellers. When they have died and gone, they, ah, as humanity keeps living, the book increases in value. Look at, look at the likes of Pastor Chris Aklome, um, um, Kenneth E. Hagan, Bishop Oedipo, uh, Apostle Rome, Apostle, all these men. Go and find out their, their, this thing. Say, oh, I read E.M. Bounds. I read E.M. Bounds. I didn't watch my knee. They all have their trace back to those books. But in their days, we're not celebrated. Celebrated. The first book I wrote, my grandfather, my grandfather told my dad that this book your son has written, they can understand the value now. It's years to come. In part, pills. The editor that edited that book, that the man was editing, he was crying. He was crying. Crying. That book, you don't even have some. My own book, you don't have it. I know you won't buy it now. It's when I've gone. That you buy it. You become a bestseller. It's when you buy it. Because that book didn't come up. I could wake up from the room. I'm just going to ease myself. I receive a word. And I write it. I didn't even think I was going to write a book. I was just writing something. I just want to bless people. That was it. I'm trusting God. The Lord will back that spirit in us. That what you write, when you read it, when you read, when you read it, you enter the realm. The spirit will hit you. That's what's going about here. People of God, that's what's going about here. The way you come and do opening prayer, you don't just open the prayer, you open the heavens. When you come and start to lead worship, you're not just singing some songs. Because you are coming from a place where you have been cooked, you have been well cooked, well cooked. Self has died on the altar of intercession. Lord, we cry for the spirit of intercession. We cry, we cry, we cry. I thought you are rising already. We cry, we cry. Can we spend some five minutes and pray that prayer? Pray sincerely. Give me that scripture. Pastor Dave, give them that scripture to give to me. The spirit of prayer and supplication scripture. Give, give to them. Give to them so that they can drop it. They can drop it for me. Oh. Yes, Lord. Please, Lord. Whatever. Whatever takes us away from the knee. The spirit of prayer and supplication. Pour thou upon us, Lord. Intercession. Intercession. <laughs> I need it, Lord. I need it. I need to pray for my generation ahead. I need to pray for the church more now. 
pray for everyone in the church more than I've ever done. Lord, please, please, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Release that anointing upon us. We need that anointing. I need it. I need, Lord, I need it. I need, I need it. I need it. Oh, I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. And I'll pour upon the house of David, upon the habit of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication. The future of my children are guaranteed if I can be on my knees. If I can be on my knees. If I can be on my knees. Help me, Lord. 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 Lord, as a church, we pray. We pray for that release. We pray for that release. We pray for that release. We pray. We pray. He said, you do not have because you do not ask. But Lord, we are asking today. We are asking, Father. We are asking, Father. We are asking. We are asking, Father. For the spirit of intercession. <laughs> oh, we want to make investments for our future. Father, 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 Father.